verse 14, the second half. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Wow. He's saying, although for me I feel complete liberty to eat whatever I want, for the person who thinks it's unclean, guess what? It is. Why? Because it violates that person's conscience. That person, in their desire to please God, now all of a sudden their conscience is feeling violated. In a culture that prizes individualism and self-expression, personal freedom is very important. But as you'll discover in today's teaching, the message of the Bible is that love is greater than liberty. Pastor Daniel invites you to explore how the things you are free to do impact other people. You'll find that everyone has different personal convictions. You'll be encouraged to choose to lay aside what you feel free to do if it will build up someone else. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 14 as he begins a new message called Choose Love. So there's this old story about a kid who decided he wanted to be a bass player. And so he got a bass and his mom saw him. He was leaving with his bass and his mom said, hey, so you got your bass, where are you going? Oh, mom, I got a lesson. Oh, okay, have fun, sweetie. Sure enough, the next day, son's got the bass. He's about to leave the house. Mom's like, oh, hey, you got a lesson? He's like, no, I got a gig. (laughs) Nobody gets the joke. So listen, if you're a bass player, nobody wants to be a bass player. So right as you get a bass, you get a gig. That's true for me. I remember I bought a bass. I was in two bands the next day. Simplest way to get in a band is to be a bass player. But the reason I bring this up is not only because I'm a bass player, but also because in a lot of ways, that's what the Christian life is all about. See, the Christian life is not like, listen, you get saved, and then you like work everything out, and then you're a witness for Jesus. It's like, no, you get saved, and God invites you into the work of his kingdom. And you don't even know what you're doing. You don't know why you're there, how you're there. You don't even know what you're supposed to do, but you're there. And because you said yes to Jesus, now God wants to do a work in your life. See, oftentimes we have this idea that when you're a follower of Jesus, God gives you like some sort of like spring training as a believer. No, it's like you get saved and then God starts inviting you into life. See, and what's so powerful about that, and I think that it's actually really beautiful, is that the Bible doesn't put a premium on training. The Bible puts a premium on availability. How often in the scriptures does God do a work in someone's life and immediately they're brought into these things without feeling like they're ready for it? Now, I bring this up because, of course, if you're well-trained, and I'm not saying that training is a bad thing, but if you're well-trained, then when things go well, you can take all the credit for it. But God isn't looking for people who can take all the credit for what's going on. God is looking for people who will give him all the credit because the work of his spirit is the work of his spirit. And in a lot of ways, that's what this whole series is about, this Amplify series. Because if you think about it, our jobs is to be the amplifier of the message of Jesus in the world, right? So like, to use my analogy, Jesus is the bass guitar. You know he is, just perfect, right? 
Now, of course, we're the amplifier, right? And so our job is to take the message of Jesus and make it louder in the world. But guess what? An amplifier doesn't work if it's not plugged into the power source, is it? Now, who's the power source in the analogy? The Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Right? You can be an amplifier if you're not plugged in, no matter how many speakers you got, no matter how cool it is, retro amplifier, tube amplifier, solid state, doesn't matter. Without any power, it's not going to work. But then, of course, what do you need to get the sound of the bass to the amplifier? A cable. What's the cable in the analogy? Faith. Believing in Jesus, trusting him. You see, I could do this all day. I'm talking about Jesus and music. I could talk about this for the rest of my life and be super happy. Today, I want to talk with you about something that I think is so important because we live in a day and age now where Christianity is kind of marginalized, but it's marginalized because in some ways, for many of us as believers, we've actually never grown up spiritually speaking. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. I mean, it's just like when you come to know Jesus, you realize that you're saved not by what you do, but by what he's done, right? That's the good news. The good news is that Jesus saves you, right? And that there's nothing you can do to add to that salvation or detract from that salvation. He finished the work on the cross, But when you believe that, then you begin to live in light of who Jesus is. And what's amazing is, is that for some people, this idea that we're saved by faith apart from works means that it doesn't matter how we live. And I'm here to tell you, that's a flat out lie. How we live does not save us, but because we are saved, we start to change the way that we live, right? And really, the Lord changes the way that we live, Because he's changing our hearts. But today we're going to look at something that I think is so important. Because really what we're going to see today is if you're in Christ, you've been set free. And freedom does not mean you do whatever you want to do. That's what our culture says. Freedom means I get to do what I want to do. Who are you to tell me, right? And as I've said previously, I'll say it again. That with freedom and rights also comes responsibility. Now here's what I want to tell you. I don't expect people who don't believe in Jesus to think about what the responsibility of being named by Jesus is all about, right? I expect that in a self-centered world, people are going to say, well, it's my right. I'm going to do what I want to do. But within the body of Christ, within the people of God, because we believe in Jesus, we realize there's a tremendous responsibility that we have because we've been set free in Christ. And we do not want to use that freedom in a way that hurts the witness of Jesus or other people. And really, we're going to jump into that today. In some ways, I'm going to ask you to think a little bit today. Because I think often as as I studied this text and I thought about it and I sought the Lord on it and prayed about it, what I realized is that it'd be really easy to listen to this study today from the scriptures and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But like, are we really doing this? Are we thinking about these things in the way that we live? So without further ado, open up your Bibles. Romans chapter 14. Romans 14. We're going to be taking the second half of Romans 14, verses 14 
to 23 together. So if you brought a Bible with you to church today, I'm super proud of you. I just keep encouraging you. Just imagine I'm just giving you like a little smiley face, a little gold star, a little two thumbs up. Of course, some of you like to use your phones and stuff, and we don't mind you do that. The book of Romans chapter 14, jumping right on in, verse 14 says this, I know... And I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, if you notice, Paul jumps in in verse 14, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now, if you weren't with us in our last message, the Apostle Paul is talking about what I would call questions of conscience, where people can have, their conscience can either say this is okay or it's not okay. And the example the Apostle Paul is using is eating meat. Now, he's writing to the church in Rome, and so the meat that they would buy in the marketplace would often have been sacrificed to to the gods of the Roman Empire. And so for believers, they would say, well, I don't want to eat that meat because it was sacrificed to an idol, so I don't want to eat that. It would, it would make me feel like I'm sinning against God. But then there were other people who say, hey, listen, Jesus set me free. I'm allowed to eat whatever I want, no big deal. And it became a a point of contention within the church, the early church. And and there's been lots of those historically. There's lots of them going on right now. But there are these areas where people can land on either side of what to do. Like, like, I'll give you a a contemporary example, and I'm sure I'm going to offend all of you, but that's one of my great joys in life. It's like, you know, we we live in a day and age where same-sex marriage is legalized in America, right? Now... With that being the case for a believer who believes the Bible, then the question becomes, if I get invited to a same-sex marriage, should I go or should I not go? Right? And now some people say you should definitely not go because by going, you're condoning it, and the Bible says it's sin. That's one position. Another one says, well, I've never gone to a a wedding with people who aren't sinners before. (laughs) And so so by me being there, because we're friends, we're allowed to go. Now, right there, I say that. Everyone's all like, what's he going to say? I'm not going to answer because it's a question of conscience. You can make a biblical case on either side. Now, you see how I just did that? Everyone feeling a little uncomfortable yet? I just do this for fun. I, like, I was made for this, right? So right there you have, what do we do? What should we do? How should we do it? And there are people who have strong feelings. Well, well, Jesus hung out with the tax collectors and sinners, so what's the problem? You know, and so people have led on different sides of it. Now, should we divide the church over it? No, not according to this text, but a lot of people are. Why? Because we have these questions of conscience. Like before God, what is the right way to honor Jesus in this scenario? And we have tons of these things within the church. So notice what what Paul says. And I think this is very powerful. In verse 14, he says, I know and am convinced by the Lord that there is nothing unclean in and of itself. So he's saying, in relationship to meat that was sacrificed to idols, Paul's like, I don't consider anything to be unclean. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul says the reason he believes that is because anytime someone worships an idol, it's not real anyway. That's his position. He's like, it's actually not real. 
So Paul is walking in what you could call full liberty in Christ. He has complete liberty. He's like, listen, there's no such thing as unclean meat. I can eat whatever I want. He can have the bacon cheeseburger, peanut butter, pickle, on a gluten-filled bun with french fries. No problem. It's all good. But notice what he says in verse 14, the second half. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Wow. He's saying, although for me I feel complete liberty to eat whatever I want, for the person who thinks it's unclean, guess what? It is. Why? Because it violates That person's conscience, that person in their desire to please God, now all of a sudden their conscience is feeling violated. And that's why he says, look, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Now, what's the principle? You ready for this? My friends, love is greater than liberty. That's what we learned right here. Love is greater than liberty. He's saying, look, even though for me, I know that I'm allowed to eat, nothing's unclean, but to the person to whom it's unclean, it is unclean. He's like, now why should I grieve my brother because of what I'm eating? And if I allow my brother to be aggrieved because of what I eat, I am no longer walking in love. Now, this is some grown-up stuff here. Because really what it's saying here is that Every time we say, well, it is my right to do that. I'm allowed to do that. I am free in Christ to do that. But if you are stumbling or grieving someone because of your liberty, you're not walking in love. See, a mature person realizes that just because you're allowed to do it doesn't mean it's the best thing. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Because there is a greater reality than just what I'm allowed to do. See, this is what you call being grown up in Christ. Being matured in Christ. When you start to realize it's not just about what I want, it's what does pure love invite me into? And that's where Christian maturity kind of takes its, its step. That's what he says in the middle of verse 15. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Wow. He's saying, what is more important? What you're allowed to eat or do or destroying the very person who Jesus wants to redeem. Now, what's so powerful about this now is you start to look at everything and saying, if Christ has redeemed that person, if there's the potential for Jesus to redeem that person, then am I doing anything that's going to grieve that person, that's going to stumble that person? Because why would I want to destroy with my food choices or my drinking choices or this piece or that piece, these minor temporary things, why would I want to destroy somebody who is eternal, who Jesus wants to redeem? And I think in a lot of ways, I'll be honest with you, when I look at what's going on in the world today, Oh, I so desire for not only me to get this, but for the people of God to get this. Because so much of what's going on in our culture today is the church is getting frustrated by the world in which we live in and not even thinking like this. Not thinking, why would I want to needlessly aggrieve people for whom Christ died? Why would I want to needlessly divide up the body of Christ? For 2,000 years, this has been in Romans 14. 
Listen to what Paul told the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, you see how powerful that is? Because he's saying, listen, just as Jesus has done for us, we should be imitators of God as we imitate who Jesus is. And Jesus lives self-sacrificially. Jesus gave his life for us. And so in the same way, Paul's now saying, listen, you need to say, it's not about what I want to do. It's about how can I imitate Jesus by living self-sacrificially so that other people may be built up. So every time that you have the liberty to do something and you choose not to do it, you are offering a sacrifice of praise to God. Every time you choose to not walk in the fullness of the liberty that you know you have in Christ because you don't want to stumble somebody else, you are being like Jesus because Jesus died on the cross for us, not because he sinned, but because we sinned. He chose to die for us. So we choose to love others more than we love our own liberty. Now, when was the last time you thought about this? Like, when was the last time you you said, is there anything that I am doing in my freedom in Christ right now that is stumbling somebody else? That has the potential to lead someone astray? That could even grieve somebody? See, because the idea, of course, is with the the idea of the stumbling block is, you know, we don't realize that we're doing it. And and when you grieve somebody, right? When you grieve somebody, what it does is it, it, it has the potential to snowball into something further. Like, so I talked to our, our, our pastors and our leaders about this often. Because the Bible doesn't say that uh, drinking is a sin. Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. Many Christians try to turn it back ever since. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, go read it. John chapter two, man. You know, but I always tell our pastors, I say, listen, but like, if you feel the liberty to drink and then you go and do it and somebody sees you do it and they start drinking and they stumble, become oh, that's on you. And I'm like, I'm not talking legalism. I'm talking the law of love trumping the law of liberty. And I'm like, listen, so if you feel the liberty to or if you feel the liberty not to, that's between you and Jesus. But if I have to hear about it, we have a problem. Why? Because we don't want to stumble anybody. There's something greater at stake. Some people say, yeah, you should never drink if you're a Christian. There are questions of conscience. Like, people ask me, like, do you ever rule that elders and pastors, they have to sign a thing that says they won't drink? I'm like, no, I, I can't set up a system that Jesus couldn't be an elder at Crossroads. Like, that would be really dumb, you know? Like, if Jesus can't be an elder, you know, Paul is telling Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach illness. I can't do that. But I also realize that in the context of what the scriptures teach, there's a lot of tension there now, isn't there? There's a lot of things that you have to think about. Like, what does this actually look like? And I think that's not only true for leaders, that's true for all of us. Because, listen, when you get saved, guess what? Your faith plugs in that base. And if you are saved and the spirit of God's got you plugged in, that amplifier's on through your life. See, and, and Paul, he brings all, he says, listen, love is more important than liberty. Your freedom in Christ comes with a responsibility to make sure that you build people up and you don't tear them down, that you help people grow and not hinder people's growth. See, the apostle Paul really breaks it down. Look what he says in verse 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. 
For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, when you allow these questions of conscience, what you eat, what you drink, these lesser things to become more important than the greater things, you're missing the boat because the kingdom of God's not about if you do or don't eat meat. It's not about if you do or don't drink. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the kingdom of God because of the finished work of Jesus. See, oftentimes the divisions that come with these questions of conscience are actually much less important than the greater things of the finished work of Jesus. And if you go through the the people of God, you see that the church divides up over all these things. Like I had it recently, I was talking to someone, they were very upset with me. I couldn't believe it. Because we actually raised money to build a kid center. So like, well, what about us older people? I'm like, what? I'm like, I was like, what? So like, well, you know, you don't care about us. I'm like, everything's here for you. We got soft seats. We're not putting you on like folding chairs. We got climate control. Like it's all, it's all for adults, older adults and younger adults. I'm like, you realize we don't have like little kids. They don't care about the pews on the seats. We don't even let them stand on it. But we want a nice place for them to have for them. But it's like, but people get upset about this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I can't even fathom it. I'm like, you serious? You're upset with me because we're raising money so that families and kids have a place to grow? Like, seriously? And then I'm like, but I'm reminded that, you know what? In a superficial culture, in a culture where we minor in the majors and major in the minors, we start to think that the questions of conscience are more important than righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom of God. Brothers, listen, where are you majoring in the minors? Now, and listen, most, most of you are not upset. And I guess, you know, if you are, I'm so sorry, but I'm not. But, but here's the deal. Like, I don't want to make like the, the heart condition problems of a few be like a big thing because it's not. But here's the deal. We got to make sure we major in the majors, my friends. Where are we making big things out of super small things? Where are we neglecting the weightier matters? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom of God. And we're making small things like whether or not somebody does this. Right? When you do that, you're missing the mark here. Look what it says, verse 18. It says, for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things are indeed pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Brothers and sisters, you might want to circle verse 19 in your Bible because really what it teaches us is that you and I, we should choose peace and edification. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel asked you if you choose love or liberty, if you are willing to forego some of your personal freedoms because they cause other people to struggle. Though it can be hard to let go of what you want to do, it's important to keep in mind God's perspective that loving people is the priority. God's kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy. So you, as his follower, have the privilege of fostering those qualities by building up the people in your life. 
Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at CrossroadsChurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that you are totally free in Christ. You should use your freedom to build up others and promote peace. When you know that someone has a personal conviction about something, you can choose to lay aside your freedom in that area for their benefit. Just like Jesus chose to die for you, you can choose to love someone else more than your liberty. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Amplify. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.